Hey guys, Sean Hayes here. Jason Bateman, Will Arnett, and I had a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity to sit down with not one, not two, but three presidents of the United States on our recent episode of Smartless. That's because President Biden, a returning guest, brought two of his favorite pals, former Presidents Bill Clinton and Barack Obama, all joined us for unforgettable conversation. It's a historic episode of Smartless as we pry into the minds of these remarkable leaders. We'll cover everything from their time in office, America's responsibilities in the world, and their personal passions in an episode full of some candid stories, insightful perspectives, and a few surprises along the way. Whether you're a political junkie or just curious about the inner workings of the Oval Office, this episode is a must listen. Don't miss out on this incredible opportunity to hear from three of the most influential figures in recent American history. Follow Smartless on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. You can also listen to Smartless ad-free by joining Wondery Plus in the Wondery app or on Apple Podcasts. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Left straight off of a right hook, drops Anders, and again, another left hook, pops him and just shuts him down. I have never watch Khalil Roundtree fight to such a high level. I was very nervous to showcase the skills, but I'm glad they paid off. Khalil Roundtree Jr., ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to UFC Unfiltered. Please tell me that's on video. I've never been happier. I'm made for a fucking podcast. That's dangerous. <laughs> Welcome to UFC Unfiltered. By the way, Matt and I were just talking before we started, and Matt just mentioned Fitness XR. I got to be honest, uh, my shoulders were a little sore because I I only do the boxing ones. I don't do the dance ones. <laughs> I down. I buy these boxing packages on this fucking Oculus Quest. And by the way, I told you I got the rubber sweat ones that I can yeah. take off, so I'm not sweating into my uh, foam face guard. My wife got that. My wife. She's got, got the that. extra one, right, dude? She's down this is, right now doing that. It's great. It's 21 minutes. I do the 21 minute high intensity one, and you are like, you know that dry feeling you get in your mouth, like when it's like it, it, it's almost like. You're, you're the top and lower part of your mouth feel like two bricks, like because you need a drink of water. Ten minutes in, I'm doing that. Like this, this fucking FitXR is great. Jimmy, for the listeners, explain to them what exactly you're talking about. Because we explained it's on the quest. You're uh, right. That's the VR. Yeah. What are Oculus we talking quest. about? Well, Matt told me that Mrs. Sarah was using this workout regimen um, in the Oculus Quest, and you said that she she works up a real sweat. And again, I like to, I go and I work out, but I'm like, I don't do much cardio. So I'm like, fuck it. Let me look at it. And they got these boxing ones. And uh, it's like you're punching yeah. these balls and they're coming at you. And like one of them looks like a like, like a beach ball firing at you. Um, yeah. And one of them looks like a sideways or upside down mushroom. And the little ray yeah. coming off the ball shows you, is it a hook or an uppercut or do you punch straight? And then you... Yes. You duck under these things to do squats. You move to the side when they come by on an angle. And I'm telling you, there's after music, 20 minutes, there's music. There's mu- I, dude, the music, you're almost punching to the music. 
Yes. What music do you pick? I'm so, I, Jimmy, you have to tape yourself doing it. You I have will. To. That has to be somewhere online. I know. Either you or Chip doing it. Somebody oh, doing Ch- it. Chip has a 40 minute uh, VR with Darth Vader taped. I'm ready to put up. Oh, I I'm going to get that. I'm going to get it today. The, the, which one Vader, is Vader ones? Immortal. There's three of them. I don't like the other Star Wars one yet. It's boring. I'm just walking around a ship doing tasks. I'm like, what am I, a fucking I'm with you. day I'm with laborer? You that. I, I don't like it. I don't like what? it. I fucking stopped playing it. I stopped playing that fucking Galaxy's, not at Galaxy's Edge. I forgot what it was. Yes. But something I, Star Wars. It's boring. All right. We have an adult on the way, in the way. Nice to meet you, Michael. Yeah, nice to meet you, man. We were just nice to meet about, you guys. Just talking about Oculus. Hey guys, Sean Hayes here. Jason Bateman, Will Arnett, and I had a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity to sit down with not one, not two, but three presidents of the United States on our recent episode of Smartless. That's because President Biden, a returning guest, brought two of his favorite pals, former Presidents Bill Clinton and Barack Obama, all joined us for unforgettable conversation. It's a historic episode of Smartless as we pry into the minds of these remarkable leaders. We'll cover everything from their time in office, America's responsibilities in the world, and their personal passions in an episode full of some candid stories, insightful perspectives, and a few surprises along the way. Whether you're a political junkie or just curious about the inner workings of the Oval Office, this episode is a must listen. Don't miss out on this incredible opportunity to hear from three of the most influential figures in recent American history. Follow Smartless on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. You can also listen to Smartless ad free by joining Wondery Plus in the Wondery app or on Apple Podcasts. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Quest. Now, you're on the road. I mean, you know, playing Major League Baseball, you guys go on the road. So do you do anything like that in hotel rooms? Do you have any games or any of that stuff that you bring with you? Any games or yeah, or anything? What do you do to kill time when you're gone? Honest, honestly, we we play um, 162 games in 180 ish days. So I mean, we're playing every day. So what I do to kill time is I sleep. Oh, you do? <laughs> yeah, I I legit. I'll I'll sleep. Uh, sometimes I won't get to bed until like three in the morning because you know I'm all jacked up on caffeine because I usually yeah. pitch at around eight thirty nine p.m. Right. I come in later in a game and um, if I don't get in the game, I still have all that caffeine in my system. So sometimes I don't throw until like, or I don't go to sleep until like three in the morning and I'm not going to wake up until one or 2 PM and then just get up, get on the bus and go to the field. Jimmy, I'm sorry. He missed. No, no, no. He didn't hear the whole question. He thinks that you said, um, does he play like baseball games in his spare time? He meant you play video games. No, 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 no video. No, no he knew what even, I meant. <laughs> yeah. I, I, no, that was my answer. I mean, I'm telling okay, you, I, thank God. I just try and sleep, man. Our bodies, I mean, obviously nothing compared to the sport of MMA, but, um, yeah. you know, our bodies just get worn down just through six months of playing every single day. Sure. You know, so you just get worn down. So for me, it's sleep is, is everything. Otherwise I'm in a terrible mood all day at the field. <laughs> Well, I'm happy we clarified that because what you know what an asshole I would have felt like if this poor Michael thought that I was actually saying, do you guys do like pickup games or do you play Sandlot ball? <laughs> I heard him say games. I 
he looked at you like you were nutty. <laughs> no, no, a ton of a ton of guys do do play video games literally all day, all night. So I mean, it, it is a common thing in baseball. Did you watch? The, I'm going to ask you about the Super Bowl just for a second because what I was amazed at with Brady, besides the 43 years of age is he's so disciplined with sleep. And you just mentioned going to sleep till three. They said that he gets up at 530. He's fucking healthy and all this, you know, exercises yeah, yeah. with fans. But he goes to bed <laughs> at 830 at night. And I'm like, I don't know how a, a, an adult falls asleep at 830 at night. But I guess that's, he gets nine hours. He, they said he loves to sleep. Yeah, I, I legit went to bed at five, at 830 last night. So, um, and that's more so because of my wife, though. During the off season, it's my wife's sleeping schedule. But I... I get up at around, you know, 5.30 to get up and, and start my morning routine and going down to the, I live right here in Southern California. So we go down to the beach, me and a couple buddies, get a workout in um, to start the day, get into the water and stuff like that. So when do you go back to uh, Cincinnati? Are you still with the Reds? Still with the Reds going into my seventh season with them. Um, spring training for us is in Arizona. So we go to spring training first for about a month and a half to get basically the team dialed in. Um, we play games against everyone even then. So there's spring training in, in Arizona, and then there's 15 teams in Florida. So they all play each other. We all play each other to get ready for the actual season that starts in April. Now, are you a closer? Are you a middle relief? Or, or are you a, a, a lefty or righty specialist? So I've, I've been a, I've been a um, high leverage, late inning reliever type pitcher. But this year, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to start. Um, oh, okay. So I'm going to be a starting pitcher this year. And it'll, it'll be fun, man. It'll be a ton of fun. So... I love, so for me, why I got into MMA and stuff was like pitching. I've always been a position player um, and I started pitching in college and in pro ball and baseball is such a team sport, but pitching is like the one thing that's very like, no, it's me against this guy. You know what yeah. I'm saying? It, it, it's like the most individual part of the sport. And so like, there's just so many, um, similarities I think with the mental aspects of being a pitcher and being a fighter so that's where I've gotten into you know MMA and just listening to guys um, you know talk about what was going on in their mind their process you know before the fight leading up to the fight the walkout what they like to feel all that stuff man and and so that's where you know I'm kind of a, a nut when it comes to that how long have you been watching MMA for I got into it. So I have three older brothers. So I got into it, you know, with, you know, Chuck Liddell and Tito Ortiz, all of them. And then I took a little bit of a break. And then it was when really like I went through some some stuff my rookie year in the big leagues uh, mentally, just like it was tough to to compete at that high level with all that pressure, deal with failure, all that stuff. Right. And then Conor McGregor pops up in the scene and it's just this animal and it's super transparent about the way he thinks and his process and like his visualization stuff and, you know, seeing it. And, and it's, it was incredible. The stuff that he puts out there when it comes to being transparent to what he's thinking and what's going on in his mind. So I kind of hopped back on there and then, you know, listening to, you know, Dustin Poirier talk about his loss to Connor and what he learned from that loss and listening to, you know, Cowboy Cerrone talk about, you know, his fight against Connor and sometimes how he hates the walkout. And just so I've, I feel more attached to these fighters when it comes to like what's going on in their minds as they're getting ready to fight. I've always wondered too, like when I watch uh, relief pitching, I, I always think that the, the amount of pressure on you guys is incredible because you're not coming like the starting pitcher gets a clean slate. 
you know, you're coming in, uh, you know, with with runners on second and third and, and yeah. no outs in the seventh, uh, you know, and, and if God forbid you give something up, the fans are like, you suck. Do you ever <laughs> under those pressure situations? Like, I know how I fold completely when like when you're ever warming up in the bullpen, do you ever go like, oh, fuck, I hope I hope that they don't have to bring me in. Or do you always want to go in? So I I always want to go in, but the the heart is pumping like crazy. The adrenaline's flowing usually. Um, and it's, and it's, I've been able to flip it in my mind. And that's from listening to guys who fight and just their perspective of like, um, more so enjoy the challenge. It's like a challenge and enjoy it. See how well you can do and the bigger the situation is. And so it's almost turns into a little game within my own mind of like, okay, pitching in the playoffs coming in, you know, first, first time we've been in the playoffs for three years or four years last year, maybe six years, actually, first time we've been in the playoffs for six years and I'm coming in an extra innings, you know, so if I give up a run, we lose the game, our first playoff game in six years. And it's like, you know, the heart's racing, but it's like, man, how much fun can I, let's challenge myself and see how much fun I could actually have out there and like, leave it out there. And like, if I give it up, I give it up, but let's have some fun, you know? That's a great mindset. Yeah. Now you're a huge Kana fan. What if in your, you're the matchmaker, right? What would you, who would you love to see him face next after, you know, what just happened with Dustin? Yeah. I wouldn't mind seeing Dustin again. Um, and then what'd you think of it? Oh man. So first off, I, I totally respect the, art and what, what goes into mixed martial arts. So I'm not going to be a guy who's trying to tell them how to fight or anything like that. So I'm just going to, but anyway, what I, what I saw from it was like, it seemed, um, what I liked about Connor is he's super unpredictable. Like he's throwing, he's throwing shots that, you know, are unexpected from different ways. And it looked like he went into just box a little bit. And it seemed like Dustin was just taking advantage of the leg front front leg because he was, Connor was just boxing and so that's kind of what I what I saw um but obviously I wanted Connor to win but if there's anyone to beat Connor I, Dustin is you know I love I love that guy and just the way he talks about his mind his mindset and everything as well so that's kind of what I thought um but I would also like to see the Nate Diaz the the trilogy there because Nate Nate's an animal too he's one of my favorites you know, it's funny, man, because I've wanted to see Matt knows this. I've been babbling for three years now, wanting to see him against Gaethje. And, and yet then somebody pointed out what an ass I am, uh, because if, if, you, if you think Poirier's leg kicks were bad, I mean, I mean Gaethje's just going to chop his legs uh, worse. That's a bad fight for Connor, I think. Yeah, I think I mean, Connor even said it. I think I think Connor said it right. Um, you know, he's he said I didn't make I'm not going to make an excuse, but he said I have the tools in the kit to like in the bag to win that fight. I just brought the wrong tools to the fight. And I, and I fully agree with that. I think Connor does have an answer for those leg kicks. Um, I just thought that he kind of was like very, he's usually, he was really into his leg, like foundation, big time into his legs, that whole fight, you know, sitting into his punches. And he's usually, you know, throwing knees and kicks and different things like that, that I, that I loved about him and moving around a lot more, a little more bouncy, you know, lighter on his feet a little bit. So that's all. That's all I'm gonna give. I don't. I don't need to be giving anyone any fighting advice because no, that's no. not. <laughs> no, listen, you're you're a fan and you're a professional athlete. Um, there was a couple of clean shots that in his pictures. There's a picture of one of them that Connor did land. Yeah. Where if that put out Dustin, and this is a guy that he touched before and put him out 
since then, look what he did to Eddie Alvarez. You know what I mean? Who had a battle with Dustin. Uh, yeah. You know what I mean? So it's like you get to believing. You touch somebody, they're going to sleep. So if that yeah. punch put him to sleep, you know, they'll be built. They would have been building a statue of him right now. But it didn't. And it makes everything just, you know, makes it exciting. You got to look at it like that. Because, you know, it's not about never falling. It's about, not, you know, what happens when you do fall? Do you get up or do you just disappear in your yacht? It's exciting. Yeah, 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 I agree. And and he's one guy, like, like his first loss that he took to Nate, yeah. like you wouldn't expect someone with his mentality to kind of take that loss that way. Right. And then going into his next fight about Nate, one of my favorite things about Connor, what he did with that second fight against, against Nate, <clears throat> and it shows you where his mind is and just how like on another level he is than everyone else when it comes to up here and how this works was it's like, basically he lost in baseball perspective. He just lost a game of the world series. He told everyone he was going to, you know, he's going to throw a no hitter. He was going to do all this stuff and he got dominated, right? Like they, he got knocked out of the game in the first inning. And then the next game comes around and he's still talking, you know, he's still like to where any other athlete would be like, you know what? I need to just chill. Yeah. I need to just go out, think about fighting, and that's it. He's still talking, saying, I'm going to win this fight. Da, da, da. And when he walked in the, to the octagon, and I told myself, I was like, if he does the billion-dollar strut, he's an animal. You know, his little walk. Yeah. And it's like the first fight, he lost. He comes in the octagon, he's doing this stuff, and he lost. Well, his second fight against, against Nate, he walks into the octagon and just goes for it. Does the billion-dollar strut. I'm like, dude, he's coming off of a loss, and if he loses this fight, like yep. – He's done, you know, but he still just doesn't even care. He feel he doesn't feel that type of pressure that most people do, and I think that's why he's at that the level that he is, um, because he's just when he did that and then still came out and won that fight. It was like this guy's, this guy's on like MJ level in my mind. Well, it was after that loss, that first loss with I was never a Connor fan, but I really liked how he handled the loss. I'm like, mm-hmm. oh yeah, okay. I just respected the way he spoke about it. He goes, hey, he was the better man. And it's funny, after this loss to Poirier, too, Matt was mentioning, would he be on a yacht? And it's an interesting question, but I also like how he handled this. He's like, inactivity will kill you. You got to take your list. But you could see it really fucking bothered him. It yeah, yeah, bothered yeah. him. Like, he didn't just yeah. go like, all right, that's it. Like, it really bothered him that he lost that oh, fight. Yeah. It really bothered him. So I think he'll fight again. I don't want to see a trilogy with either of those guys unless it's down the road. I would rather see him fight Ferguson or Justin or somebody else. Time is now to fight Nate Diaz. Time is now. <laughs> Just as a fan, though, I like I like seeing I like seeing I, there's matchups that I want that I haven't seen. I get the attraction to that. But I just, I don't really care as much about that as I do. I mean, if it happens, I'll love it. But I want to see him fight guys I've never seen him fight. I always like matchups with guys I haven't seen before. Okay. okay. Yeah. Agree, yeah. agree to disagree. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, and, and to be honest with you, you'll probably get the trilogy with Nate. That will probably be the next thing. Um, yeah. I don't know what weight they'll do it at. We'll see how, you know, how either one of them. Yeah, that's interesting. 155 or 170. Michael, did you watch the fights over the weekend? I wasn't able to. I saw a couple of highlights, but I wasn't able to. Um, All right. Yeah, but I saw a couple of the highlights. Now, yeah. we have Kamara Usman going to be, you know, defending the belt uh, against Gilbert Burns. And that's a very exciting matchup. Do you have any yeah. thoughts on that one? Usman's a beast, man. He's built different, that's for sure, you know. So, yeah. Gilbert's, I, Gilbert's looking just yeah on point lately, everywhere. 
bad position, surviving. Like if he could be, have Damian Maya on his back and have the presence of mind to look to match him in jujitsu long enough to get a scramble back to his feet and then knock him out. I mean, he's just looking, look what he did with Tyron Woodley. I mean, he's just looking like a yeah. Beast. Yeah. total beast, Jimmy. You're right. Yeah. Cool. Yeah, he did. Sick fight, man. Um, and did you see the uh, Frankie Edgar? We love Frankie Edgar so much. Uh, he's a yeah, friend of the he's, show. He's the but that fight with Corey, I mean, again, San Hagen's his time is now. And, and after that tough loss to Aljo, I, I, I mean, these, these, these two, Marlon Marais and then Frankie Edgar, just two murderers. And he knocks him out. And I think it was the second fastest, uh, I guess, knockout with a knee after Masvidal uh, oh, over Ben Askren. Yeah. Incredible. Uh, I don't know if you saw Edgar's knockout, but it was sad because yeah. I love Frankie Edgar, but it was great for Corey. Yeah. Yeah, Frankie. Frankie's like one of those. He's a grinder, man, and he he's done well for the sport. And he's he's a guy that you want representing your sport. If if you're Dana, and you know, just with class and just the way he handles everything, man, he's he's definitely up there with uh, with you know when it comes to getting respect from everyone. Yeah, I mean, I hated to see him lose that way. I didn't mind seeing a guy lose, but you you don't want to see a guy lose where you're like, fuck, did he just get really? hurt and you can only take so many knockouts uh yeah. it starts to really wear on you you know it, it starts to really uh, be dangerous after a few concussions or knockouts yeah that that's the that's the main difference from um, our sports if i get if i lose i <laughs> i'll be fine the next day you know i'm gonna wake up fine i'm not waking up in a hospital or anything yeah. like that and that's where like the respect factor when it comes into you know what these fighters go through even just sparring and training like i've been i've been going to um the Ruka gym here in, in Costa Mesa where, um, Jason Perillo is running and oh. yeah. Yeah. So I've been training there with him, just, just doing some privates and stuff like that. But like Cheeto Vera is always in there and Luke Rockhold, all the, all these guys are in there training all the time and, and getting after it. And it's, it's fun to watch, but man, just seeing what goes into it each and every day, it's like, it's a completely different world. And, and I totally respect it. It's 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 uh, the respect is is here when it comes to that stuff. Yeah. And have you um, I mean, I, you guys do have injuries that you get, uh, you know, shoulder surgery, all that stuff. Have you have you had anything? By the way, to, to totally digress, how the fuck is Jim Abbott not in the Hall of Fame? OK, uh, Matt, if you don't know Jim Abbott, he was a, a pitcher for the Yankees and he pitched, I think, for the Angels and he had one hand. Yeah. Uh, and he had like a stump and he would hold the glove on the, the stump of his one hand yeah. pitch, put the gl- uh, take the, the glove after he threw the ball under his armpit and then feel Throw it on his hand. Yeah, it's crazy. Like it, it's the most athletic yeah. thing anyways ever. Done. And I don't care what his ERA is. I don't give a fuck. <laughs> How is he not in the Hall of Fame just for pitching a no hitter like that? It's crazy. Yeah, you're right. You're I mean, you're right. Was he born that like guy? That? Yeah, he was born that way. Yeah, yeah, he was bo- he was born that way. So, I heard I heard he's an insane golfer too. So, really, but yeah, it's pretty pretty incredible what he's what he was able to do, right? Yeah, the dexterity to 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 pull that off to to watch him, Matt. If you ever watch him, the way he just the way he literally is able to field a ground ball uh, with one hand and put the ball put the glove under his arm, take the thing. Throw, it's crazy. The, it's and, like uh, Juan Jacques Machado of uh, baseball. He was. Anybody? Uh, Does anybody know John Jock Machado? <laughs> did I shame you both? The famous Machado brothers. Well, what John Jock he... has one hand, and the other hand's yeah. a little. It's like a little deformed, like it's a thumb, and he can make like a little grip. I know he can grip the gi, but all right, let's get back to Michael. 
So what else? Hey, what about Aljamain Sterling versus Peter Yan? Do you, what do you feel about that? I don't, you guys tell me. What do you guys got on that? Uh, I, I'm going to guess. Uh, well, Matt, uh, we love Aljo, so we're very, very biased. Um, Pideon is very tough, but I, I think Aljo is going to win that fight. And I don't think it's going to go very long. I think he's just too dangerous on the ground. And I, and I think Aljo will find a way to use his length and get in there. Uh, and I think Aljo will find a way to get on his back. Uh, he's looked too good lately. And the fact that he did it to Corey Sanhagen uh, is, you know, I, I think Aljo wins that fight within two rounds. Me too. Aljo. Two rounds. I think so. Within, yeah, and it's not to disrespect Piotr Jan. Piotr Jan is fucking yeah, yeah, great. Yeah. But yeah. I, I just think that Aljamain is going to find a way to get on his back. I think Aljamain is going to find a way to get in, and he's just so dangerous uh, on the back. Man, I love, the, I love the game plan, and I love the matchups. I love, you know, there's, there's so many different correlations when it comes to, like, the fight, fighting and pitching and hitting. You know, the mat, who matches up well against who. And I love, I love seeing the game plan unfold as the fight is going on of like, this, this is what they're going to do. Right. This is why they're going to do it. This is what he's been training, you know, obviously to defend the take all this stuff like that. And it's like, you watch it all unfold and it's just this, who can problem solve the fastest. It's pretty neat. Yeah. And that was an interesting point to say pitching uh, is it is the most one-on-one -on -one aspect of baseball. Uh, I mean, you can wave the catcher off. He can, he can ask for 10 different things and you can go, no, it really is you versus yeah. the hitter. And, yeah. I, and I guess that's a good way to, to – is there anybody in baseball? Like, I, I haven't watched baseball in a long time. I was a Yankee fan most of my life. I grew up in New Jersey, and there were nice. certain players that would fucking murder the Yankee. Like, certain people – like, Randy Johnson. I yeah, will yeah, always yeah. – I don't care if he pitched it. I will always <laughs> hate him because he destroyed the Yankees with the Mariners and then with the Arizona Diamondbacks. Is there anybody – I mean, he was a Yankee, though. He was, and I still don't forgive him. And so is A-Rod. <laughs> he, still, he still murdered the Yankees when he was with the Mariners. He'll never okay. be forgiven. Okay. So is there anybody you face regular? Like I got the, do you remember, I don't know if you remember Geronimo Baroa. He was played for the Oakland A's would destroy the fucking Yankees. Is there anybody you face who literally, no matter what you've done against him, he almost, he literally just has your number. Yeah. Um, so there is this, I, I'll, I'll name it Anthony Rizzo with the Cubs. He's one of the hardest guys for me to get out generally. So he's a bigger guy big first baseman and until I get two strikes, he's swinging for the fence and he's gotten me a couple times. He's clipped me a couple times, but then once, you know, you get two strikes on him, it's like, he's able to cover, hit the ball at his eyes for a base hit right. or down that's bouncing for a base hit. So he, he, he adjusts, he makes an adjustment, you know, he's like, all right. Um, you know, until two strikes, it's I'm going for it. Once I get to two strikes, I'm like, cutting down and, and I'm going to, I'm just going to get on base however I can. And he's really good at just putting the bat on the ball. You know, it's like, a, it's like a guy who's really good at just finding the chin, you know, he's just really, he's just really, really good at it. And um, he picks his spots. He's like, his baseball IQ is up there. So it's like, it's like fighting a guy who's got high IQ, knows when to throw the big shots, knows when to, you know, just play around and then set up the big shots. That's kind of, that's kind of who he is. And it's, it's pretty impressive. Michael, did anybody ever storm the mound? What do they call that shit? Oh, charge the mound. Yeah. Charge yeah. The mound. Did they ever attack you? Like you ever like by accidentally or maybe not a little slip of the fingers and you get somebody in their ass and all of a sudden they're throwing. <laughs> I don't watch baseball that much, but that I'll watch that. I'm like, oh, they're clearing the benches. Yeah, so so no one no one's ever charged me, but man, I have a teammate who 
Amir Garrett, who's a, a beast. I mean, he's, he played uh, basketball at – where did he play basketball? He played college basketball, St. Mary's. And, um, but this guy's a super, super athlete. And the Pirates were – us and the Pirates had this thing back in 2019. And they were – you know, we, they hit someone on purpose, so we hit one of their guys on purpose. And then he comes into the game, and they're chirping at him. And he – if you go, go look at the highlights, he runs at the dugout. So it's one against, you know, 25 guys. And he's, that's just his mind. His, yeah. his mind is just like, I don't care what's going on. I don't care who you are. I don't care if there's 25 of you and you watch them sprint at their dugout. And, um, that was, that was wild. That might be the first time. That might be the first time one guy sprinted at the full, at another entire team to take them on. It would have been funny if a guy does that. And then the, his whole team just sits there and watches the other team. beat the shit. <laughs> Hey, we're not getting in trouble. So when you have to throw it another pitcher, because it does happen, like a guy gets hit, and I think sometimes they'll let it go. If they think a guy is coming in too close, I think it really depends if they know one just got away. But a lot of times if you hit a, a batter, someone is going to throw one of your batters. And if it's very obvious, the umpire will throw him out of the game. Do you hate that when you have to come in and you know, like, fuck, I'm obligated now. I got I to gotta throw at somebody. Um, there's a right way to do it, and there's a wrong way to do it. So if you're coming in to, and you got to throw at someone – or the situation calls for it. Um, you know, we say just do it, you know, basically below the belt, like yeah. hit him, hit him in the, try and hit him in the leg. Uh -huh. And there's sometimes where guys come in and, you know, it, let it go. And it's hard enough. Like you, I've, I've had to do it before. And it's like, man, I got to get it, try and get in that one spot. And I've thrown it behind a guy before and, and, and missed them. And it's like, well, I missed my shot there, but, you know, I went for it and, and that happens, but some guys will, will kind of go anything this and up. It's like even both sides are like, that's not the right way to handle it. You know, um, just cause the hitters defenseless. And so we're yeah. not trying, we're not trying to hurt anybody. We're just trying to send a message like, Hey, you know, we, we got it too. And, and that's it. And it's kind of leaving the game of baseball. They're starting to they're starting to suspend guys for it a lot more. And, and so I think they're trying to get that, out of the game of baseball. Yeah. Why don't, this is what I understand too. A lot of times a pitcher will hit a batter and the, basically the pitcher will turn away and, and face and walk towards the outfield. And, and sometimes, you know, it's accidental. Like, so how come the pitchers yeah. don't just go, oh, Hey man, sorry about that. Is it because there's going to be times you're throwing intentionally? I never understood why the pitcher doesn't just go, fuck dude, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to hit you. I think it's more of, I think they're their own teammates and their own coaches are like, bro, don't say sorry to anyone. You know, I think, I think more so of that of like your, our, our coaches don't want us apologizing for hitting anyone. It's like, I'm, I'm playing the game. I didn't mean to hit you. It's part of the game. Get over it and take your base. Okay. It's war, Jimmy. Yeah. I guess so. Got a man up. I guess so. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. No, man. His friends <laughs> won't even look at him. Yeah. He gets towards that mound. They'll let him get beat up. Yeah. Matt, Matt, I happened to play baseball when I was younger and I had a good arm from the outfield. So they thought I could pitch. And then they really, you ever see what a merry-go-round looks like? That's what it looked <laughs> like when I pitched, but they were just being walked first to second. To, when you start walking runs, in, it's really embarrassing when you're walking runs. You ever walk a run in? That's humiliating. <laughs> I think I have. There, you know, there's times where you throw like seven straight balls uh, and then you throw, 
you throw one strike and the whole crowd goes crazy. Yeah, sarcastically. <laughs> oh, yeah, I, I think I think every pitcher has gone through that once or twice. We just can't find the plate, and then you wind up throwing a fastball over the plate, and they fucking hit a three-run home run because it's perfect. Yeah, so that that's happened to me too, where I've literally said, just let him hit it, you know, just let him hit it, and I throw it, and he hits it, and he didn't hit it where I wanted him to hit it, but you know, um, <laughs> not good, not good, but I guess you have, you have kids. No kids, kids, no kids, not yet. I think maybe maybe a year or two. Oh uh, yeah, that's good. All right. There's a there's a kids movie called Chicken Little, and it remind, you're talking about Jimmy playing baseball. This little bird in the thing with the bat, Jimmy. <laughs> you gotta Google that later, Jimmy. It reminds me of you, but anyway, that's neither here nor there. This Six is how bad ball. a pl- this is how shit a player I was. You're not off. It was the championship. Uh, I was like 13. We were losing like 12 or 13 to one. There was a runner on first. It was the ninth inning, one out. And I'm standing up there and I was awful. And with, with one out, they decided to, to, to try to steal second because they knew that I was going to strike out or hit into a double play. And I wound up uh, losing the uh, ending the championship on a strikeout, throw them out, uh, double play as they predicted. I was an oh. awful baseball player. Awful. Hey, hey. Hey, Michael, just to, just to defend my little Jimmy bird, just so you don't lose all respect for him. Just it goes back to our first question. He was in the local paper for when doing a, he won an asteroids, the game asteroids. I, I just played it very well. It was oh, 81. Really? It was the battle of the 49ers and the Bengals, 1981, Montana, of course, a classic Joe Montana performance. And I was playing asteroids. Yeah. And I looked like Adrian from Rocky, <laughs> my fucking hat and glasses. It was really hideous. <laughs> All right, oh, Michael, okay. listen, uh, do you have a podcast or anything you're promoting? We'd love to have you back on sometime. It's, it's great to talk to someone in another sport who loves MMA so much. Yeah, no, no podcast for me. I just thank you guys for having me on. Um, yeah, of course. You know, I, I love the sport. I'm training. You know, I just love getting in a different thing. Like I said, listening to guys talk about their mental process and training at Ruka and with Jason and listening to them talk about it also. You know, I, I really respect, you know, what, what you guys are doing and, and what the, these fighters have to go through to, to perform at an elite level. So it's it's thank you for allowing me to be a part of this. Of course. And if you see Jason, tell him uh, Matt and Jim say hello. We love Jason. We'll, yeah, we'll do. We'll do, guys. OK, buddy. Good talking. We'll talk right. to you again. All right. All right. All right take care. Bye, Michael. You think, you know, Rose Namajunas? Rose lost her first title fight, flat out lost. Right then and there, she made a decision to stop just fighting and start believing she would become a champion. And look who's number one now. Guaranteed Rate is a mortgage lender who understands the power of belief. Because if you believe, you will. Equal housing lender, subject to credit approval. Restrictions apply. Company NMLS ID 2611, NMLS Hey guys, Sean Hayes here. Jason Bateman, Will Arnett, and I had a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity to sit down with not one, not two, but three presidents of the United States on our recent episode of Smartless. That's because President Biden, a returning guest, brought two of his favorite pals, former Presidents Bill Clinton and Barack Obama, all joined us for unforgettable conversation. It's a historic episode of Smartless as we pry into the minds of these remarkable leaders. We'll cover everything from their time in office, America's responsibilities in the world, and their personal passions in an episode full of some candid stories, insightful perspectives, and a few surprises along the way. Whether you're a political junkie or just curious about the inner workings of the Oval Office, this episode 
episode is a must-listen. Don't miss out on this incredible opportunity to hear from three of the most influential figures in recent American history. Follow Smartless on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. You can also listen to Smartless ad-free by joining Wondery Plus in the Wondery app or on Apple Podcasts. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. I was on the wrong link, man, the old link. I'm sorry. Oh, that's okay. We were talking. We got started a few minutes late, and we were just talking to a, a, a pitcher from the Cincinnati Reds who's a big MMA fan. Did you ever play any other sports? Uh, I dabbled in a little bit of baseball at a very young age. Um, in high school, I made the volleyball team, but my grades were terrible, so I never got to play. Um, and that's about it volleyball wow yeah why was your wait wait why was your you seem very bright why was your uh, grades bad um man i've always been the type of guy that's like i would go to school i understand everything i love learning but i'm such a like a dreamer and like like an imagination guy that like i would just get lost in like drawing or taking notes and then i'd just like turn the book and then like start writing like a story or something like I just could never really like truly engage and truly focus. So like I knew everything and I, you know, like I graduated high school, everything, but it was just so hard for me to like pay attention to like, <laughs> like education stuff. I was always just lost in this like artistic world. You know? Are you a little ADD? Uh, I, I know I have that too. Where I have to be doing a couple of things at once to focus myself. Are you like that? Um, no, it's just more like, I, I just love to get lost in like the creative side of things. So like, once I get hit like this, like creative, like feeling that I just like, I dive into like, you know, drawing or music or something that just allows me to like, like outlet, <laughs> you know, like this like art side that I have, I guess. And I remember the last time you lost a ton of weight doing the jujitsu. Uh, oh, fuck. I love jujitsu. Doing the uh, Muay Thai. Yeah. yeah. How much weight again? I'm sorry. How much weight? Uh, I lost a hundred, like a little under 105 pounds. So a hundred pounds, yeah, uh, in 11 months. <laughs> and what was the main method of doing that? Um, I'd say like a mixture of training Muay Thai and then just doing some type of like cardio every day, whether it was like jump roping, like I'd put on a good pair of headphones drink a bunch of coffee and then just like jump rope to my favorite al album and just like try to keep the rhythm to each song, you know, like it, it became like a thing that I became like addicted to almost cause it was like, you know, like flow state, right. <laughs> just like my favorite album or if it's like, like a metal album or something, you know, like there's a old band I used to listen to called sleeping giant. And I would just like jump rope, just like the whole album, you know, and then it was like, all right, cool. I felt like I got like, some aggression, some cardio, like everything was good. And that became like an addiction. And so like, yeah, the weight just started dropping off. <laughs> Are you a good jump roper? Um, I'm getting a lot better. Yeah. When I like, whenever I start practicing, it gets a lot better. Yeah. I feel like I jump roped a lot for this camp. So I'm comfortable right now. 
awful at it. Matt, are you good at that? I, I'm so, I used to be, I used to be able to do it for a minute, but I, I literally after three rotations, I'm finished. I, I, I suck at it. It's really hard. I love jump roping when I was younger. I used to do it all the time at Longo's. And then one time I did it so much that I developed such bad uh, uh, shin splints. Uh, and I'm like, what the, I can't do it. I'm like, what is going on? I'm sure you got those before, no? Come yeah, on. yeah. And then I have like, my knees are always like achy. So sometimes, but um, with the, I don't know, you find it like, I got a good pair of uh, boxing boots and that helps a lot, man. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> Yeah. But now, boxing boots, I guess, do they, I, you know, it's funny. I never thought in terms of boxing boots and really they do wear a much higher, uh, what, what is the difference between a boxing boot and a regular? Is it just a better support like, for the uh, the legs? It, it keeps your foot flat, right? So there's not like a lot of cushion, but there's enough, like there's enough rubber and padding to where like you can, you can almost be barefoot. You know what I mean? But like, so it's not like overly cushioned and it's not like extremely hard. There's like a good balance. And for me, that helps like helps keep my like my feet kind of compressed together instead of like hitting my toes and like all that stuff. It just I, I guess it's a little bit more comfortable for me to have like a flat soled shoe, like a boxing boot. I know. No, 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 I'm sorry. No, no, I was just going to bring up, um, you, you know, you were just in Abu Dhabi. Yeah. You come off, uh, a decision loss to uh, to Marson. That was it. Was your first time fighting in a little while, right? Since two, yeah, since like 2019. A little over a year, yeah. <laughs> and why is and now why the inactivity was? You know what, man? Like there was just a part after the loss in in uh, in Copenhagen. I really trained hard for that fight. Like I trained really hard, and I thought I did everything that I was supposed to do, which I still back that like I did, and. Um, to come out of that fight with a loss and also like in that fight, the first kick that I threw as hard as I could. And he like, kind of, he tried to catch it and it landed, but he tried to catch it. And I tried to pull it away and I pulled my hamstring and my leg was on fire after that. Like in my mind, I'm just like, Oh, like, I don't know what to do now. You know, like, I know, my, it's like, like yeah, my yeah. stability, my balance, my, my shotgun, like it's fucking gone. You know, like that's how I felt. And so I just started swinging and whatever it got TKO'd and it just like, it really like fucked me up because I'm like all that training, everything I did. And for something like that to happen, it just like, I don't know, it crushed me. And I didn't want to lose, especially, especially to him. I just felt like I knew I could beat that guy. I knew I was prepared, but once my weapon was gone, like my mind was gone. And so. Who was that to um, again? I'm sorry. Who was that to again? It was. Uh, Ian uh, Kudalaba. Yeah, Kudalaba. Nice. Okay. The famous yeah, so. weigh-in. Uh, the famous weigh-in. Uh, yeah, yeah. I hate the video. That's... It gets, like, replayed all the time. I don't know why I hate it, but I'll, well, like. You hate it. Huh? Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I think it's because I lost. Like, I really wanted to win that fight. You know, like, like that would have been the perfect ending for me just for that for that fight, not for anything else, like, like. Uh, gaining in the rankings or anything in the UFC, right. just like personally, you know, like we all, you know, Matt, like when you fight, there's just like a personal, I needed that win. I needed it. And so after I lost, man, I just like, I felt like shit. And I was like, I think I'm done with this. And internally, I really felt like I just didn't really want to be around anymore. Jimmy, at that weigh-in, I, do do, I don't know if you remember it. Jimmy. I don't remember the weigh-in, no. Um, uh, uh, Kudalawa is very um, animated. 
I don't think it's anything personal. I, I, he's the guy who we, he walks across the cage and he does the thing in the face. He, like, yeah, he like JDS used to do that. Yeah, yeah. No, he's not. You know, no, worse than that, though. He gets right yeah. up the grill. And at the way, they're like total polar opposites, at least from looking from the outside, because Khalil's very zen-like. I could picture him crossing his legs under a waterfall. Like, you know what I mean? He's yeah. that that I might be you know, <laughs> playing the guitar or something. I can see him doing that. And the other guy, you can see him just like murdering things. He's just like more of like a barbarian. So, so at the way, and he went up in his face and he screamed. And, and I think it took you by surprise. So you like went back, but you handled it like so cool. Yeah. You were just like, oh, really? And just kind of like smiled. So I understand about how you feel and everything you just spoke about, though. Yeah. So that, that was it. Like after that, I just kind of went through some stuff where I felt like I got matched with Sam Alvey. That was the last fight on my contract. And I was just like, okay, cool. Like I can, like, I can do this. Like I can fight Sam Alvey. I believe I can win. And then I can just be done. And also like living in Thailand. Um, I just like, I found this place where like, I felt like I could really be and grow. And there were so many things that I wanted to learn about. And I started like um, trying to understand a lot more of like the Buddhist culture because part like the most of the country has like Buddhist, you know, like outlook. And I loved how everyone there was really peaceful and happy. And they're like selling food on the side of the road, but they're happy about life, you know? And like, I saw a different way of living and I'm like, hey, I like this and I want to contribute and I want to be a part of it, you know? So I saw myself kind of just like, being able to live a simple life and live a life from just like my heart and give to people around me in that community that I just felt for. So I was going to like, I was looking at like going and living at a monastery for a while and like things like wow. that, were things for my soul. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like people hear about like when they hear my name or like John Anik mentioned in the fight, like about my father and being murdered when I was a kid and things like that. So like, there's like soul healing stuff that like I want to deal with before I die. You know what I mean? So I was able to find places like that on that side of the world where I'm like, man, I want to be here for a while. I want to like, I want to heal a little bit, you know? So I was like, I can't do the same. I can't fight and, and heal at the same time. <laughs> like I just right. couldn't find that balance. And then COVID hit and I'm just like, wow, like I either, I either find a way to train and make this all happen and really try to be the best that I can be in this sport, or I could try to be the happiest person that I can be before I die and just live from my heart, you know, like my heart space and give and learn and heal and fix and like all of those things. So it, it was just like, I just didn't have the the emotional or mental capacity to think about, fighting and UFC and rankings and champions. I just didn't have it in my, in, in my brain and in my heart at the time. So you, you like, uh, you said like being in a monastery or something. I don't know if you're married or anything, or if you, if you have a family, do you, do you like just kind of being off by yourself and you, yeah, you, yeah. you're comfortable just kind of thinking and being by yourself? Yeah, man. I love, I love like isolation and being in my own thoughts and like in my own mind and developing my own, thoughts and imagination and like you know like just trying to fill my brain and my heart with as much like like my own <laughs> ideas and stuff as possible you know like especially in the day and age like we have so much stuff and other people's ideas and the internet and everybody's thoughts and opinions on everything and a lot of times I just like to be alone and 
kind of like create my own thoughts, <laughs> not what everybody thinks about me. So, yeah. Yeah. Where's your head now as far as fighting? And are you so I've, I've, I just landed back in USA. And so with all of that and with deciding to continue to fight, um, now my goal is to find some, I, I really want a connection in, in, in a coach and a team. Like I really like, I, I have friends and family that believe in me. Right. And they're like, yeah. you can be this, you can be great. You can be a champion. Okay. I feel that. And now I want almost like a, a team, man, like a support system. Like, let's fucking go do it. You know what I mean? Like I'm here. It's not like you can train here, this camp and you know, like gym politics, man, but it's like, I want a team. I want like a good coach, you know, some good training partners and let's just fucking do it. I'll give my best shot to go after mm -hmm whatever I got to do. I just need support. Like I really just need support and yeah. like a fucking team. Like, let's go, <laughs> let's go. Wanna, you know, you want to live. So, Are you have any preference where you want to go? Or you're just like, look, I'm back in the States. I'd love to stay here in Vegas. Cause my family's here. The PI is here. I love the people there. I love the whole system they have going on. I'd love to stay here in Vegas. So I've, I've talked to some old coaches, things like that. So, um, I got a little bit of time to figure out, you know, who like where I'm gonna go before I fight again, and that'll be soon. I'll fight again, really yeah, soon. It's like a, yeah, it's like a relationship. That's awesome that you want to fight again, because I mean, yeah, I don't want to say it's a shame if you don't, because it's your life and your health. But man, you're, I mean, you're in these fights that you're losing. That total. Now that I heard about the hamstring with the other fight, again, I know you never want to make an excuse, but shit, man, I've been there, so I know what you, I know what where you where you're coming from. Yeah, I love to put on exciting fights, like I really do, like. I, I know that I can go in there and put on these and put on these fights. Um, you know, watching the fight against against Marcin or Martin Marson, I think I I sorry if I pronounce it wrong, but um there was something there was something that I felt like was really cool. And that was like when his coaches were like, like, you need where's that fire? You know, like you need this round. Like I think that that helped, especially for round three. You know what I mean? Like they were like bringing it out of him. They were like, you know what? Like, you got to fucking pull it out right now. Scream. And he fucking like, ah, and he screamed and he came out and he had a bit more energy, a bit more like grind for that third right. round. You get what I'm saying? Yes. Yeah. And so like, I think that that's, that's a lot of just like relationship with, with who you have in your, in your corner, things like that, you know, because it's good to have technical side. It's also really good to have someone who you know, can slap you in the face and tell you, you fucking go in there and win this last round. Sometimes we need that. You get me? Yeah. And I know that, I know that for me, like after not fighting for a while and going back in there, once I passed the first round, I was like, all right, cool. I'm here. Like, I'm like, we're out of the first round now. Like I'm going to make sure that I win safely. <laughs> yeah. You know? Like the, the dude hits hard and people heard how those fucking punches were cracking. <laughs> like I rewatched it and they were loud punches, man. So like he did hit hard. He did have power. And so do I. So I made sure that I left there safe without getting knocked out and with trying to do as much as I could to secure the win. So like, fight. yeah, yeah. I, I really did my best. And so that was good to shake the cobwebs off next one. I'm pro I, like it from here on out. Like my goal is to like, never go to another decision again, obviously shit happens, but like, that's my goal. Like, I don't want to be in that situation anymore to where like, I don't know if I did enough to win or lose. It's like you either knock me out or, or 
I'm going to knock like there's only knockouts from now on. <laughs> That's how I feel. Like, you want a decisive uh, you you want to no, you you want no doubt, you know, you, yeah, you really I want, want everybody who else like wh whoever I fight from here on out like I just want them to go to sleep. That's it. So whatever I got to do to make sure that those like that those numbers rise and that, you know, that, that you know, the chances rise, then I'll do it in in camp to make sure that that's what happens. And you were in a I know you were in a uh, you played music before you were fighting, I guess. Um, yeah. What kind of band were you in? What did you do? I've been in a couple hardcore bands, been in a couple like metalcore bands. Um, do you sing or do you play? I played bass. I played drums. I play guitar, rhythm guitar. I'm not too good at lead because like like really big hands and like it's just i don't move sure. them too quick but bass is easy and rhythms it's pretty simple so um drums was my first instrument and but i've i've dabbled in many genres man like bass is the smartest the instrument because every fucking band needs a bass player so when yeah. you're a good bass player you will you'll be able to, to play for the rest of your life you'll always yeah. be able to find a good home yeah. And it's, I, I love bass because it's like, you kind of can keep the groove of, you know, of the music, whether it's metal or, you know, jazz, it's like, it still keeps the grooviness. <laughs> did you have a teacher or did you, did you just. Everything was learned just like self-taught. I would put on like headphones and then turn my little amp on and then just try to match the sounds until I can fully play it. Um, See, that's the difference here, Jimmy, between me and Kill Hill. I, yay. Give me a guitar and 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 let me listen to music, dude. I might as well just break that thing over my knee because I'm not. <laughs> I would be like a, a a three year old on that thing. I'm not gonna make that connection. That's all, I don't yeah. know who Jimmy is, but they, I mean, the best thing is like you just name like five instruments you play. <laughs> He's like, yeah, yeah, this one's a little easier than that one. And dude, mm. I'll be lucky if I could do the the fucking the, the tambourine. <laughs> <laughs> tambourine <laughs> yeah <laughs> that'll be me like the partridge family the lady i can't do nothing like that. very uh, impressive oh uh, thanks man yeah that was that was my thing always just like kind of like music and the arts drawing you know storytelling poetry just all that stuff i normally ask people what they're watching i don't even think you want a television do you want do you watch anything on on the do you stream anything or are you just uh, yeah 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 i love i love netflix shows and things like that yeah for sure talk to me talk to, now you're speaking my simple language what Honestly, are you <laughs> i don't i don't what know do if, let's see if i got anything that you would like um i just finished let's see i'm gonna go recently because i've just been like quarantined so let's go with uh have you seen midsummer on amazon the movie? Yeah. I did see the movie, yeah. Ridiculous, yeah. <laughs> he said, I liked it, but it was a little a little long for my taste and weird, uh, but I, I thought it was well shot. Like, I liked it. I enjoyed yeah. it, but I didn't love it, yeah. There's like that. Um, When I was in Thailand, there was a show called Billions on Netflix. That was Oh, really yeah, good. yeah, yeah. That sure. one's good. I can't find it now in Vegas. I don't know why. That's really weird. It's a Showtime um, show, isn't it? Isn't Billions? Uh, I should know. A friend of mine's in it. Uh, I think it's a Showtime show. Oh, I saw it on Netflix in Thailand, but I'll look it up on Showtime. Yeah. Um, There's always different see. things wherever you travel, man. Yeah. That's how I got into Vikings. I was in Abu Dhabi and I binged it. They don't have it over here. On, uh, yeah, I haven't seen Vikings in years. I started it a long time ago when it first started, but um, oh, uh, I stopped around like the third season. So I probably got to dive back into that. Ooh. Animal Kingdom. Have you seen Animal Kingdom? No, it's that. Oh, you guys are crazy. That, oh, that? go see it. That? Go what see it. Um, so 
there's this family, um, there's a mom and she has three sons and a nephew and they're all like, almost like robbers. Like, like they, they, they do jobs. So they're like, they'll go and like steal paintings and then like sell them to, you know, to a, like a, a bit or something. I don't know. It's like they're, they're, they're involved in crime, like organized crime, okay. but it's just like a really weird, like tight knit family. And, um, it's, they live in California. Uh, you got just watch the trailer animal kingdom just watch the trailer it's so hard to describe but it's really good it's like right up there with ozark if you've seen ozark i feel like animal kingdom has like a slight edge on ozark all right you know what and where is this on what is it on amazon prime or um it is on amazon prime i believe yeah i'm gonna watch that with my wife i'm always looking to get some you know what i started watching because i love breaking bad i'm starting to get into better better call Saul. it's not that bad it's starting I'm, it's i think it's, it's, it's good old. Yeah, I never I got into Breaking Bad, man. I can't get past the third season. I get like, yeah, I get like bored. I don't know. It's weird. Yeah. I, I get like that with a lot of things. Yeah. <laughs> I, I barely got through Penny Dreadful, but I got through it. That was like about the, like the monsters and shit. I was it's watching a lot of like British shows, man. Like uh, Gangs of London is really good. Peaky Blinder is amazing. I'm getting into that now, Peaky Blinder. Uh, I just hate the name Peaky Blinders so much. I think I started it. It was good, but I just hate the name of it. it, Does Uh, it get, is the show really good? Oh, it's amazing. Okay. (laughs) Amazing. Amazing. Yeah. It's fun to say. But look, Gangs of London on Amazon, you guys, I'm telling you, it's the craziest show. It's like, it's like London, like a London crime thing, almost like Peaky Blinders. It's in the UK, but back in the day, but now it's like, gangs of london is like 2020 they just made it and it's like a very recent like like new gangs of london and how they like operate it's sick it's now cool. it's not about like back in the day stuff it's about nah, it's about like current like oh yeah. i'd see that yeah it's good <laughs> it's good is there anything worse than looking for a show like when you hear like someone recommends a show and you're like is it on disney streaming is it on amazon is it on hulu like there's so many crazy, places huh? to find it's hard to find it's hard to track everything you want to watch it's crazy man it's so crazy more options, the better. So, Khalil, do you have anybody uh, in your sights now? Do you have any? Uh, what, what is what is the game plan now that you are you're back in Vegas, and, and and what does the next couple of months look like for you? Okay, so I've spoken with my manager, who has reached out to the UFC and said, like, "Hey, I'm ready to get back in there um, within the next few months." So, the goal now is to um, I'm going to go get set up at the PI and start getting strong and get everything checked out with those guys get my nutrition back in track everything like that um and just find a gym and some coaches and and sit down and say this is my goal for the next year and can you help me get there and can we help each other get there and see if everybody's in line like you know on the same page and then Go after the 205 division. What about the syndicate with uh, John? Yeah, that's 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 where I started. So me and John have like a really good relationship. And we talked a bit in Abu Dhabi. And we talked a bit um, via text here. Uh, So that could be a very like strong possibility of like working with John again. Or I could even like, you know, depending on the situation in Thailand, um, George, my, my old coach or my coach that just coached me, George Hickman from tiger. Um, even trying to get like him or his brother out here to Vegas for a camp or something, you know, 
I'm going to really try to figure out how to like how to place it the right way. So I really have who I need with me during camp. You're in the right spot, man. You're, yeah, in, the, yeah. you're in the hub of mixed martial arts right there. You're in, you're in Vegas. Yeah. You know, and uh, I'm sure if the, and you know they know you're out there now. The word will be out there, and you're such a likable guy. I'm sure they'll yeah. be. Yeah, like, yeah, come here, hang out with us. Yeah, you know, it's yeah. all about chemistry. It's like a relationship, sure. like any other relationship. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And I just want to make sure that you know, I find that I find a, a group of people who we agree that we're in this together, and we all have a very like, you know, like a good not long, long-term, but long-term goal, you know, is the same on the same page. What do you think of the division now? I mean, with John gone and uh, Blahovich against Adesanya, what an interesting, interesting matchup. What do, what do you think of that? I think that's a, I mean, I love Izzy, but I think that's a very tough fight for him. Uh, um, I don't really know how to, to tell with most fighters, like which one's going to be a tough one or not. <laughs> you know, like, I don't know yeah. that. Um, I do think that what, what my thoughts and kind of concerns are is like, what happens if Izzy wins the belt? You know, what happens to the division? Like, does he stay at 205 now? And then, you know, and then now he's the champion and then people get to fight Izzy. Like, I don't, it, it just kind of throws a mix into things because he is a middleweight going for like, you know, the, the, the light heavyweight belt. So it's, it's just weird. It's weird to look that far ahead right now. So I, I think stylistically, it'll be re- really interesting to see how Izzy does um, against Blockovich. But I do, I do really like, I love Izzy's style for sure. Yeah, yeah. And when guys smart. go, I love, I, I think that he's very smart, like a very smart fighter. Yeah, he is. I just, I just keep thinking that Blahovich is going to push him up against the uh, the cage and grind him if he can and, and try to drag him down. But again, I guess it's easier said than done. And um, also, like the way that you see that is the way that coaches see things too and fighters see things if they watch tape. So it's easy to see that and expect it and then game plan against it. You know sure. what I mean? So like, absolutely. if you watch tape, you look at everyone's strengths and see like, okay, like what is it? Or where do I see, you know, this can go wrong or what's he got for me? You know, things like that. So, you know, that could be the plan, but then Izzy could have something very tricky to like capitalize off of that forward pressure. Yeah, and he's fought strong guys before. I mean, obviously, he's fought. I mean, Brunson, obviously, Acosta. I, you know, so he's certainly not intimidated by somebody who's who's powerful or or, or good he's, on the ground. He's accurate. He's he's Very. Done good work. And look how many kickboxing matches he's had, man. Like he's seen. It's not like I don't think uh, you know Jan's going to show throw something at him that he hasn't seen before. Yeah. No, I agree. He said that man. He eats one. You know, he could eat one and he could hit him up with three and he could eat one and it could change everything. So it's exciting. Yeah, like, especially in our division, you know, like one punch, I mean, in any division, right? One punch can really be the, like the difference maker. Look at Connor and look at Connor and Dustin, you know, like it was that one right hook, kind of like an overhand boom, hit him right on the chin. That was the one that like, you know, yeah, the calf kicks, all that stuff slowed him down, but it was that one punch that, really through everything <laughs> you know makes everything up so the same thing that i mean the same thing could happen you know you start taking out a leg and then it sets up that one punch you never know <laughs> yeah and i bet to answer your question mike or, or your speculation i would guess that he would stay at light heavyweight for a little while again because they hasn't he pretty much cleaned out uh, the middleweight is there anybody there he hasn't really faced it was like john kind of had a lot of success in the light heavyweight division now decides to move <laughs> to get other 
uh, opponents that he hasn't uh, hasn't had to deal with yet. So I, I think that it, it, Adesanya, if he wins, would stay there for a little while. That would be my guess. Yeah, and, and that would be that would be very uh, very interesting to see for sure. Hey, Lil, did you watch the fights over the weekend with Overeem and, and Volk? No, I wasn't able to. I don't have ESPN Plus yet. You know what it is? There was a certain point where, like, Overeem is so used to, like, you know, he's done both forever, but mixed martial arts and kickboxing. But I'm not a huge fan. Like, he was, he kept putting his guard up like this. But it's so, it like, when, when, um, uh, uh Alexander Volkov, sorry, was, was unloading on him. And he, as a defense, he was just putting his guard up. It's so easy to split with these four ounce gloves. Like he was getting punching through it. Like he was just punching through where if you have the boxing glove, it does give you that extra protection in that. In yeah, that for sure. What do you think of that? You got to see the fight. Yeah, I'll watch it. Um, Being yeah, a I mean, that was, that's, I, th- I think it's a bad habit for a lot of us fighters um, to like to close up. Um, yeah. One thing that my that George, my coach, was trying to drill into me, and something that we learn a lot in Muay Thai is long guard, and it's like one one hand is up, one hand's long, so like you're block, like you're able to block here, but this one keeps the range, you know, and you can use it, and you can block, you can pull down with it, you know, like you can block in an elbow, like there's like the long guard is used a lot in Muay Thai. Um, and we were trying to do that, but it just wasn't clicking. I didn't drill it enough, but something like that would definitely work for guys like Overeem against a guy like a Volkov. Yeah. Yeah. Because you never want to like, if, if you're, if you're going against a long guy and who has power at heavyweight, if you guard like this, you're still at the end of all of the punches. Right. So it's like, that's just like me telling you like, Hey Matt, just stand like this. And just let me punch you. And you uh, like uh, if you can block it, block it. Uh, you know, I'm the round tree. I'm not. A- <laughs> it's the you same. It's, it's the yeah. same thing, you know. Like it's definitely the same thing. So I think, yeah, I think a long guard would definitely work. And that's something that I plan to drill a little bit more. Yeah, and Volkov looked really good. I, I, I don't know why I was so stupid to underestimate his power. Like what a duck! I had Overeem picked in that fight. Um, I just think Overeem has looked so good in his last five fights. But uh, Volkov looked really, uh, he looked great. Like, you know, he's, he's, he's going to want to get back at the Black Beast, man, because he was, he was beating Derek Lewis. Yeah, it happened last minute, right? I did watch that fight. It was like just the last few seconds or something like that. Last few seconds, he hit him with a bomb, Jimmy. He hit him with a bomb. You'll see, Jimmy. I see you looking it up. He, no, I'm looking up uh, Curtis Blades and Lewis. Isn't Derek fighting Curtis Blades? I, are uh, they? Uh, yes. Okay, yes. I wasn't. That's an interesting fight. Yeah, yeah, it sure is. It's uh, oh February twentieth. Oh, it's uh, in in little, little less than two weeks. Oh, All right, Khalil. Well, look, you know, I, I love watching you fight. And I'm happy that you're 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 back in town and and you're looking for something. So I'm sure we'll talk to you again as soon as you have something lined up. Or at least we would love to if you're willing. Yeah, that'd be awesome. I'll talk to you guys again for and, sure. And hey, buddy, I don't know if you've seen me in Abu Dhabi. I was with Dean Thomas, like a table. yeah, yeah. I saw you guys over there. Man, I listen. This is the I wanted to address that because I seen you. And everybody's got the mask on. We were outside. Yeah. And I wanted to say hello. You were with a bunch of people. You're eating. So I didn't want you to think I was being rude. I want to go, hey, Khalil, remember me from the show? Yeah. And also, all guy, get out of here. I didn't know if you knew. No, me. I saw you. I was actually, I was going to say something to you as well. But like, to be honest, for me, like fight week, I'm very like standoffish. That's another thing. That's you know, a, like I'm very like, just like, like, I have like kind of like a guard up. Like there's a lot of guys. Everybody's like, 
everybody has weird energy, you know, so I just try to stay like in my own zone. Now I'm happy I didn't say hello. Yeah. <laughs> I'd be like, hey, Khalil. <laughs> what happened to the hippie? Where's the hippie? No, I'm only kidding. Khalil. <laughs> no, Listen, man. <laughs> should have ended this thing a couple of minutes ago. I'm only kidding. Khalil, you're the best, buddy. Yeah, we, oh, love, we love watching you. Thanks, guys. I make the right call, not saying hello. But now he would have talked to you. He would have said hello to you, but that's probably why he didn't go out of the way to approach you. I'm sure he would have said hi to you. <laughs> Jimmy, why do I got to be so silly? So listen, anyway, Overeem, he said he could have a hard time recovering after that first punch. But um, I'm getting back to the uh, the notes. Da, 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 ba, ba. Where yeah. are we? I mean, he'll be back to fight, but I mean, uh, I, I, that was a, Dude, that was a damn good look for Volkov. Jimmy, sometimes I say interesting and sometimes I say interesting. Yes. Correct me. Which one's the better? Which one's correct? Um, yeah, neither correct. of them applied to that last statement. <laughs> <laughs> Why do you got to be an asshole? Why can't you just help me out with my English? Oh, shit. Sometimes I'll say interesting. Other guys, times I go interesting. Yeah, I honestly do the same thing and I don't have an answer. I mean either one. Then nobody's listening. Am I wrong? Yeah, I'm embarrassed. They're both okay. Interesting, interesting. I say interesting more. Honestly, I say interesting. Very interesting. Um, Interesting. Yeah, I guess I never noticed it. Interesting. Something I didn't have to bring up on this show. That's a fair question. By the way, Matt, who is Cyril Cyril Ghana's fighting? Who is he fighting again? Uh, Let me see. What did you say? Cyril Gaon, who is he fighting? Uh, he's fighting uh, Rosenstrike. Oh, Rosenstrike. That's right. Ooh, do I want to see that fight? When exactly is that? That's coming I, I, I can't even pretend I remember who's fighting who when. I mean, it's fucking insane. Uh, 26th, 27th February. Thank you. So the end of the month. Uh, okay. God, there's so many good fights Jimmy, coming up. Jimmy, there is. And I take, sometimes I take video of me. Let me do it right now on air. Because when I watch the fight, something sticks out. And then I forget. I'm like... I took. A, I knew there was something I wanted to say, and okay. I think so. Let me think. Where is my video? Either she didn't get the arm lock because she wasn't. She was not controlling the wrist. The thumb was able to go side to side. That's right. That's right. Come. That's with uh, McCann. That was with uh, Meatball. Yes. <laughs> yes. Listen, she had a, got an arm lock on the jujitsu girl. Yep, she did. And. The jiu-jitsu girl. Was that in the first round? Was that the first round, if I remember right? I'm pretty sure it was the second round, but I'm not positive. Okay. I probably just had it on my screen right there. But she had her in an arm lock from guard. She had her dead to rights, but she had it like this. She wasn't controlling the wrist. So you saw the I'm sorry. You saw the hand going like this. So if the thumb is going to the side, my elbow's going to the side now. Other okay. side, the other, when it's thumbs up, it's thumbs up. Break that thing, Jimmy. You understand? Didn't she so try to tuck it? Control the hand. What? Tuck this. What are didn't you saying? She, didn't she try to tuck the arm and just it just didn't go and the other girl just got out of it? No, no, I don't believe so. She had her by the wrist, but she wasn't controlling the wrist. You have to control it when the thumb is going straight to the ceiling. You follow me? Right, okay. You don't follow. I do. Yeah, show you a goddamn arm lock? Um, I thought... I was surprised to see a 30-27 
um, for Lara Procopio. I, I didn't think McCann lost that fight 30 to 27. I was surprised that one of the judges saw it that way. The rounds were close, but she kept getting the takedowns, Jimmy. Yeah. You know, the closest thing that, that Molly did was get that get the uh, that arm lock, and she could have yeah. finished the fight with that arm lock. That's a laces out moment. I understand? Yeah. That's a rough But uh, let's talk a little bit more. I mean, hey, man, Clay Guida oh. versus Mike Johnson. Couple old school dudes throwing down. I like that. And you know, Clay won, and Clay did phenomenal. Yep. You know, he took his back at the end. He was timing his takedowns. But man, Michael Johnson always looks just good enough to lose. Always <laughs> looks good. Yep. Like he was looks really good sometimes. Every time I see him fighting, oh, this might be the the new like best version ever of Michael That's Johnson. Right. And then something goes south. It's such a shame. Like I mean, listen, he's fighting top notch guys, but right. See, but. But man, he's right there. He just—he always looks like he's just right there of just having his night. Yeah, no, I know. And I was happy for Clay Guida, though. I mean, he's just the amount of energy that guy has and the cardio he has. And he just seems like a very difficult guy to fight. His fucking hair is all over the place. It's just, you know, he's grinding on you. He just seems like a really, he's always like at a 90 degree angle going for a takedown against the cage. He seems like an exhausting guy to have to deal with. Dude, the guy's running around the cage after. Yeah. Uh, so he's a caveman. He's fucking great. Um, also, hey man, you got it right, but Benil Darush versus uh, Diego Ferreira, which versus uh, uh, split decision. Split decision. I, uh, yeah, I was surprised. Should have got the decision. Agree. Totally. I agree. Unanimous. But but Diego was in the fight, and it was a fun fight. Benil is just really. Every time you see him, he's looking better, looking more confident. Yep. looking more polished and he's just looking like the total package man from from jujitsu to his wrestling to his striking which is now it's you can't really just call the guy a, a more of a grappler i mean his striking's top notch yeah i mean look at that what a i mean i was impressed it got fight of the night for a reason yeah it really did and they, but they had predicted that it might i i think that was just the matchmakers did a great job with that and also, it was basically uh, you and I got our asses kicked as far as our picks are concerned. Um, you got that one wrong. I got the next one wrong, which was uh, Pantoja against Cop um, and Al Cop, uh, who looked good in his debut. But again, and they kept talking about how he didn't seem to be pulling the trigger. He's extremely accurate, but he just wasn't active enough. Yeah, listen, man, he'll learn from that and say, why yeah. wasn't I? Why wasn't I? And That's next right. time, hopefully he will. You understand? Sometimes you need they you get hit. You have a fight like that. It's like a cattle prod. It's like, hey, right, man, I gotta, I gotta stop holding. What am I holding back for? How about yeah. next fight? Fuck that. Yeah. Also, uh, fight number six. Which one is that? Well, there was a couple of changes. I mean, Clay Guida, Michael Johnson was not supposed to be on the main card. We spoke about that. Um, also, um, I was at Marquez. Ascar, Ascar. I think for some reason was he not medically cleared to fight? I mean, uh, uh, Cody Stamen got his fight canceled. Yeah, something went south. I felt really bad for Cody because he seems so. Yeah. He was ready. Yeah, but you know he'll have another day. And sure, his, his um the the his opponent was will you know be healthy. I don't know what went wrong yeah. with that. But all but Ascar. But also, uh, uh, what is it? Danilo uh, Marquez. When I say Marquez, right? He defeated Mike Rodriguez. Really he did, yeah. And I'll tell you right now, I like his jujitsu a lot. Yeah. A lot, Jimmy. I love good jujitsu. You know I'm a jujitsu man. You are. You love it. You appreciate I mean, it. Granted, I have heavy hands. Hey, 
it's a gift from God. But that's not what I'm, I am not. Knocked out Frank Trigg. Jimmy, stop it now. You know how I get. Listen, (laughs) my point is this. I love jujitsu. So when I see high level jujitsu in there, it just makes me so happy. You know what I mean? Because then I go and that night I go and I'll teach a head and arm choke. All right. What else do we got, my friend? Well, I guess before we close, we should say there was, was there anything else I wanted to say? Uh, Oh, last thing. (laughs) Sanhagen, Corey Sanhagen. I texted this to you. Besides looking so great and and it looked like, I mean, the subtle move of Frankie getting ready to shoot for a takedown, him just raising that knee, which the height difference definitely helps there. Side to side first, though. He was side to side. He timed that thing so beautifully. But he didn't, he looked bothered by something after the fight. No, Jimmy. And he looked. He looks like a man on a mission is what he looks like, Jimmy. That's the look. Haven't you ever seen a man? You look at that look every day. Look at this look, right? Okay, let me see the look. That looks like male hustler in 1971 on 42nd Street. <laughs> well, you're a midnight cowboy with that face. <laughs> Jimmy, that was not the look that he looked. No, oh, okay. But What's he, the look? He looks like he's not going to just celebrate that win. He wants the title. It makes things more exciting. He no. is excited. He look at him. Look what he's done since. Oh my goodness, man! First that that head kick with Marlon uh, Marais, yeah, and Frank Yeager. I know what sucks about. I mean, for Frankie, what really stinks is he looked physically in fucking phenomenal shape. Sure. Even, you know what I mean? So it just sucks when something like that happens so early in a fight where, you know. I don't mean, Matt, when I say look bothered, I don't mean necessarily in the cage. I meant during the post-fight interviews. Like, it just seemed like somebody had said something or he was pissed off about something. Uh, and I could be totally wrong. I, I, but it just struck me. Um, when he was doing a post-fight interview for some reason, like something was annoying him and I don't know what, and I could be totally wrong. I think it's more of, there's going to be a chip <laughs> on his shoulder until he gets uh, a shot at the title. You, you know might I mean? be right. You might I be right. It's, sometimes it's good. Jimmy, you know why I never smoked weed when I was fighting? Really? Because you preferred heroin. Jimmy, no. No, that's not right. I probably did a lot of drugs. Stop. Incorrect. I'm sorry. Um, the reason why, hold on. Remind me later. Okay, I'm back. Dude, I lost you now. Imagine me losing you during this fucking... I'm right here. You see me? I do. Sorry. I don't see you at all, but I'm still going to continue with my story. Okay. Because when you smoke weed, you're all laid back and, hey, man, nothing bothers you. You heard even Khalil Roundtree, who's a little hippie-ish when he's not fighting, very zen-like, even the week of the fight, you know, he's very irritable. Like, you could be like that because you got to have to have your mind in a certain place, I feel, and it's not a happy-go-lucky. Like, you wouldn't want Jimmy. This is not your your good huggable buddy Matt uh, back uh, when I was making one fifty five and we right. you don't want to be around me back then no. getting ready for a fight. you don't want me eating broccoli not fucking running out of treadmill I was a miserable I, I got a little miserable yeah of course nasty. I got nasty to get ready to fight in the cage yeah okay all right listen to me you know how much I love you yes pal I'm, I'm love doing this we'll be back next week. I mean, on Wednesday, sorry. Today's Monday. We're back Wednesday. I just like that. It's easier for me now because I can't see you until my thing went out. I like the way I said, you know, I love you. You go, yeah, I I love doing this. I should have said I love you too, but yeah. No, I do though. Well, I mean, does it really mean anything now that I kind of like? Sure. I put you in a corner basically to say it or not? No, but you didn't. I I, I recognize that when I did it. There was no reason for it. Um, We'll preview the, we will preview the fights on Wednesday. Uh, Usman, 
Gilbert Burns for the welterweight belt. I cannot fucking wait for that fight. Did I lose you? No, I'm right here, buddy. Hi, Jimmy. I'm listen, Jimmy. So many good fights coming up. I don't know who's on the next show. And either do you. No, I don't. But I'm dying to find out. What else do you want to plug? Nothing. If you're a Chip fan or if you want a cameo for Valentine's Day, go to cameo.com slash Chip Chipperson or Jim Norton. Either one of us will be happy to do one for you. Um, but do not go to the app. I am not on the app. Um, you're not I'm on the only... app. I'm on the app. Go ahead. Go no, ahead. I'm not. Go ahead. Finish. Go ahead. No, only where. Um, or you can go to, uh, how about youtube.com slash Chip Chipperson. The new podcast is up with Colin Quinn and Anthony, and it's a very funny one. And I look forward to having you on. Oh, I can't. Well, listen to me. So when you're on YouTube, check out the latest Dana White looking for a fight. That's right. And go watch old episodes and laugh and laugh. And Jimmy, I will talk to you soon. And to the Unfiltered Army, we appreciate you. This is Very easy. much. All right, brother. You hang up because I can't see what's going on here. All right. Goodbye, guys. See Bye, you. everybody. Hey guys, Sean Hayes here. Jason Bateman, Will Arnett, and I had a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity to sit down with not one, not two, but three presidents of the United States on our recent episode of Smartless. That's because President Biden, a returning guest, brought two of his favorite pals, former presidents Bill Clinton and Barack Obama, all joined us for unforgettable conversation. It's a historic episode of Smartless as we pry into the minds of these remarkable leaders. We'll cover everything from their time in office, America's responsibilities in the world, and their personal passions in an episode full of some candid stories, insightful perspectives, and a few surprises along the way. Whether you're a political junkie or just curious about the inner workings of the Oval Office, this episode is a must listen. Don't miss out on this incredible opportunity to hear from three of the most influential figures in recent American history. Follow Smartless on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. You can also listen to Smartless ad free by joining Wondery Plus in the Wondery app or on Apple Podcasts. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. 